amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. for our show before we begin? Uh, not really. I was just really calling up there. If you guys had anything on the international trot and stuff like that, um, I know that uh, I saw that. Uh, I think Clarissa posted that on Facebook over there. I uh, trying to Wonderful. give you guys a little support there. So I just All right. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Freddie, and uh, thank you for calling, okay? Oh, yeah, thanks. Bye. Well, tonight we're going to go over, and we're still waiting on Mike Bozich. Again, this is why we call these the uh, the test episodes. We want to make sure. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here. <laughs> so, I'm uh, here tonight. We're going to tonight we're going to discuss a couple of races from Northfield Park in Ohio. Um, we're also going to have Emily Gaskin on to Hoosier Park a little bit later on, where she will discuss Freaky Feet Pete going into the Breeders' Crown Eliminations. We'll talk about the race with Wiggle and Jiggle it. And we'll also handicap a couple of races on Saturday uh, for the Breeders' Crown Eliminations. Uh, Mike, we had an action-packed show. Yeah, we st- we we sure do. You now you can hear me all right, correct? Yeah, we I can hear you just fine. Oh, that's that's I didn't perfect. Know, I, okay. I, didn't, I, I got on literally just as I finished giving the rundown. Well, that's fantastic. I'm going to have to start calling this thing at about two o'clock, about five hours beforehand, to make sure that <laughs> that uh, I'm in good shape. But yeah, we do have a great show for you today. Emily Gaskin's going to join us around seven thirty. She's going to uh, talk about Freaky Feet Pete and some of the other uh, great things going on at the Breeders' Ground. And, and uh, we touched on Freaky Feet Pete, and actually, I had a chance to really delve into that race, Mike, uh, earlier uh, today. And, and boy, you're right. You talk about two uh, divisions. Uh, and uh, one is stacked and one is not so stacked. And the Freaky Feet Pete actually got the, the, the luck of the draw, it looks like. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, we do have a stacked show. We've got, uh, we're going to take a look at the Breeders' Crown in its entirety. Plus, uh, we're doing some things different. Mike Carter is actually live in the booth at Northfield Park. And we're, gonna, uh, we're going to get to, to hear your dulcet tones uh, for a couple of races. Am I right? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got the, our next race is 11 minutes away. And uh, I'll tell you what, the pace for the cure was earlier. If you didn't see the race, you need to go back and watch it. Hannah Miller did not win. But I'll tell you what, it was a fun, exciting race. And, uh, Mike, real quick, I want to throw in the Grand Circuit has just shared our podcast on Facebook. Well, that's terrific. Uh, fantastic. Welcome aboard. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna give it our all. And, and once again, I know I sound like a broken record, but these are test shows, and they are test shows for a reason. But we're getting there. I think it took me about 15 minutes to get connected last time, so it only took me five this time. So we're headed in the right direction. Well, uh, we're going to start with the uh, – let's go ahead and start with race two at Woodbine. It's actually coming up here tonight. It's the two-year-old filly uh, Pacers in the first division of the Breeders' Crown Eliminations for two-year-old fillies. And it starts at race number two, and it features Rock Me Baby, who has been one of the uh, dominant horses here lately, especially in the Sire Stakes circuit. Uh, you've got Call Me Queen B, who's coming off a very nice race at Lexington. Yankee Moonshine, soft idea. This is a tough, tough race, Mike. Yeah, it sure is. And it's such a tough race that I'm going to go to the outside. A bit of an unknown, I guess, soft idea. I mean, she was doing well against the New York Sires and uh, really her first start against uh, some of the competition that she's going to be seeing um, here uh, over the next little while. Pure Trianke Moonshine. And uh, she finished fourth. Uh, she stayed inside. It was an inside trip over a good going. Tim Tietrick, second uh, straight drive for the Linda Toscano trainee. And it's such a wide-open race that I think we're going to have to demand value a little bit. So seven soft idea figures to offer that value. Five to one of the morning line. I'm hoping for a little bit more than that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty decent race. Uh, you, know, you know, call me Queen B. Go ahead. No, go right, go right ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you've got uh, call me Queen B. But, really, uh, it's – Maybe more about of who this race is, is missing. We talk about Wiggle It Jiggle It not going to be there. How about L.A. Delight not being here in the uh, two-year-old Philly pace? I mean, she's been on fire, outstanding. She's won all these races, and uh, she's uh, not eligible for the Breeders' Crown. So she's uh, not going – she has two-year-old Philly pace or in, in the uh, – I don't know, uh, certainly going today, but she's not going to be here. But uh, it certainly leaves it for a, a wide-open competitive race. And uh, Rock Me Baby, the 5-2 the uh, morning line choice, has uh, had some breaking issues. Now, whether or not they're cured, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're two-year-old Phillies, so anything can happen. But it's certainly going to be a great race. But I'm going to go with Soft Idea in hopes of getting some kind of price here. You know, I'll tell you what, Call Me Queen B looked very good on, and you would know this more than I would because you're in the Pennsylvania area, but looked good in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. Uh, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Call Me Queen B looked very sharp in those races and then went to Hoosier Park for the Kentucky and had won by a length, closing home in a 27 and 4 off a 154 and 4 mile for driver Scott Zeron, and then went to Lexington for two races. And Mike, for some reason, some of these horses just may or may not like. You know, just may not like Lexington. I know it's a little bit different of a surface with the red clay and things of that sort. So this horse comes back to or Woodbine tonight on a surface and a track that's shaped more like Hoosier Park. It's possible that Call Me Queen Bee could get a better trip here tonight. Well, certainly it is possible. And uh, But, however, you're looking at a two-time beaten favorite here. And, uh, you know, she finished second, she finished third. Uh, one to Rock Me Baby and the other to Tipton Teases in the other division and uh, Blue Moon Stride, uh, who's uh, right to her inside post two. Well, here's the thing you got to consider. Um, is it going to be worth your time? If you're if you're gambling on the race, you have to ask yourself, is, are the odds going to be worth it? I mean, she's a two-time beaten favorite. Was it the surface or is it the fact that she just wasn't good enough on those particular days and the form cycle is kind of evened out? That you don't know. Now, if the horse goes off at one to one, four to five, then of course you would err on the side of well, maybe uh, her form has kind of flattened out, and we'll go uh, somewhere else for some value. But if she does go off the three to one, five to two, four to one route, then maybe you say, well, hopefully it was the surface, and we'll give this horse a shot. But obviously she's she's very good. But Rock Me Baby, Blue Moon Stride, uh, Skinny Dipper is a, a long shot, certainly to be considered. Uh, Yankee Moonshine's in this. My pick's soft idea. So it's a wide-open race. It should be fun and interesting. And if you're gambling on the thing, I would definitely recommend that you demand value in that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think, you know, Rocky Baby has had a little bit of a breaking problem. 
Now, I, I noticed that the horse qualified on September 12th, didn't break, and then qualified again on September 19th, made a break, and then was allowed in a pair-neutral start. So, you know, I, I'm not sure how the rules in Kentucky work. I know in most states you got to requalify, you know, if that happens. So the, the fact that this horse came back and won two races very strongly really sticks out to me. Of course, trader Stefan Lynn can't be uh, – can't be overlooked either. So, uh, like we said, Mike, this is this is going to be a fun race to watch. Yeah, it sure is. And you've got uh, John Campbell, who uh, you know is always there when the big money is down. It certainly doesn't uh, hurt to have uh, the great hands of John Campbell in the bike. And uh, the two times that he drove her, uh, she was fine, no breaking issues whatsoever. As she was handled on the outside, and you know, a couple of twenty-seven closes, and boom, she's right in the winner's circle two straight times. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I certainly wouldn't take a short price like we said on anybody here. You know, Blue Moon Strides a an interesting horse uh, as well. You know, she's been there. She's been basically uh, she's done what she basted in, in that great lady that she drew post ten. And you know, she didn't race bad, but uh, she was nine lengths off of L.A. Delight and Darling on the Beach, a horse that we're going to talk about here in the other division in just a moment. But uh, you know, she's gone on to just lose the Tipton Tees, who's on a winning streak right now, and then her next start. Uh, she, it was uh, a mile she was used twice in losing to uh, Darlin on the beach over at Lexington, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, who I'm very high on, who I think may have an opportunity to be pure country. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, she could very well be the horse. And 7-2, to I think that's great value on her if you get the morning line price. No, definitely. Uh, so race three is coming up next. It's our, now for those of you just joining us, it's our Breeders' Crown segment for Friday night's card at Woodbine. It's presented by FantasyTrot.com, where you can play all season long, just like you would with DraftKings, with your favorite drivers and horses at FantasyTrot.com. Also, catch Ryan Macedonio at Fantasy Trotcast on SoundCloud. Race 3 features the two-year-old Colton Yelding Trotters. It features the very, very nice 2-5 to five Southland Frank, who broke the world record at Lexington. And, Mike, I'll tell you what, this race is going to – first of all, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But do you and, – and I've said this once, I've said it the main time. Do you take two to five or one to nine on any two-year-old trotter? Well, I know, Mike, from listening to you in the in the past, that is your cup of tea right there. I, I you can't run to the wind quick enough to bet the, to bet the two-year-old trotters at one to five, can you? No, no, not at all. Actually, I no, they like have to be two. Again. They have to be two. They have to be two to five, and you've also been known to pluck a couple bucks to show on those horses too. <laughs> that's 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 right. I'm actually going to go with Milligan School in this race. Milligan School won impressively in the uh, Italian Stallion at Lexington back on October the 8th. Now, granted, Southland Frank went 52 and two and was a full second faster. But if you take a look at the race back at the on the in the bluegrass, this horse had to close, was third by a head at the head of the stretch, and then came closing home in 28 and two. This horse has a lot of power, and I don't think that this horse should be counted out at all. I'm going to throw out the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes back at the Meadows on uh, September 11th. Now, Mike, you, you may be able to help me out here. Did Millian School race at Harris, Philadelphia? Yeah, it did. Um, and, you know, is it, it didn't seem like the the best gated horse, as you could tell by the, the couple of races at the Meadows there. And we don't really know uh, if you look back at that race on September 11th because Milligan School did have the pocket trip going. And uh, if he didn't break, who knows what would have happened. He, he probably certainly would have finished in the money. Maybe one, you really don't know. And uh, there it is, qualify and boom, two nice wins. But uh, right. once again, it's a step up in competition. Uh, and uh, we'll have to face Southwind Frank. And another horse, Marion Marauder, who uh, finished uh, two straight seconds to uh, Southwind Frank and uh, really didn't have the best trips uh, doing so. So if uh, Southwind Frank makes a misstep uh, or if Marion Marauder can just move up his game just a tad, you know, we can have a really uh, great race between those two. And it looks like there's certainly going to be some value on Marion Marauder. But, Mike, uh, you mentioned earlier off the show, that there is some scratches in the Breeders' Crown tonight. Uh, there's four of them, and one of them is in this race, and it's five Southern Cross. So that does take us down to uh, a field of nine uh, for those of you wagering at home. Another horse, Deep Impact, finished third uh, to Southwind Frank, and uh, second last time. You got a race coming up? Yeah, we got a, we got a race coming up in a couple minutes. One horse, I, real quick, I want to uh, 
uh, I want to mention, and we'll talk about after this race at Northfield, is Dupree on the outside. And I really, really like this horse at Lexington, and I'll go into all that once uh, once we uh, cover this race at Northfield. We're just about a minute away. The horses have yet to come on the racetrack, but we have been coming onto the track and going to the gate. Race four is a field affiliate there, non-winners of 500 per start. In 2015, also eligible non-winners of 4,500, last five. The current eight-to-five favorite, there's actually a co-favorite on the two, Becky's Gifted Angel, and three is Shanna Amber. Mike, as they're coming onto the track, why don't you... Uh, why don't you give the folks what you uh, think of this race? Yeah, uh, Mike's going to uh, go and do the post parade, and actually we're going to get a little bit of a bonus because Mike's actually going to call a couple of these races on the air. So uh, that'll certainly be interesting. But I think the public pretty much has it right here. The two Becky, uh, Becky's Gifted Angel uh, gets Aaron Merriman in the bike and has been going up against some Philly and Mare Open Company. So this is definitely a class drop off those efforts. It was a pretty good effort last time, finishing fifth. Didn't get the best of starts, had to come three wide, closed within a length of the lead. Doesn't look like she's got too much gate speed, but we'll see what Aaron Merriman can do about that. Three, a sham of amber, six to five in the morning line, also getting some uh, public praise as well. Uh, throw out that last race at Dayton. I mean, three wide the first quarter, parked the whole time. Uh, a winner, two starts back. Last time on the Northfield surface was 55 and one uh, against this particular class, was bet down as the heavy. 30 cent on the dollar favorite, but I do have a long shot in this race. And when uh, Mr. Carter gets back uh, from doing the post parade, we'll uh, see what he thinks about number nine wild dream. And a couple of, you know, if you, if you throw out those last starts, one of those races was against her. The other was against the same class, but both from outside post seven and uh, was two used uh, last start finished seven, but only four lengths from the front at the end and if you take those two races away and go back to the races at the end of September there the 25th and the 18th was right there including bet down to a dollar 50 on the dollar uh four starts back so if we can get one of those efforts and uh you know with the nine hole you you don't really know what you, what you're going to get I mean you could end up with the great trip or you could end up getting away 6th 7th or 8th um but uh once again if one of the favorites falter uh, the two or the three, then we can get, get nine Wild Dream home at a price. Uh, Ten to one of the morning line. We'll have to check with uh, Mike Carter to see what those odds are. Mike, are you still? Uh, are you there? Or are you busy? Yeah. No, I'm here. Uh, okay. All right. What, what do you think about the nine Wild Dream? You know, I'll tell you what. Wild Dream uh, looks good on paper, and Mike, I'll tell you what. This horse, look, I'm looking at her on the racetrack right now, and the horse looks very good. The ears are straight up in the air, going back and forth. The horse looks happy to be on the racetrack. So Wild Dream coming off of a tough effort last time out from post seven. But one thing I like about post nine here is you can get some real value because it starts from the inside, and that was actually my top pick here, Mike, was the nine Wild Dream uh, from Post number nine has been second twice. One of those was from post nine. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, you throw – I'm at least anyway going to throw the last two efforts out from post seven. And, uh, you know, we always look for value, Mike. I mean, that's – if you're gambling, that's how you're going to beat this game. And, uh, you know, nine wild dream I think represents that. The two and the three I think are definitely the two best horses. But uh, obviously uh, they certainly – you know, they don't have to win. So – We'll try the nine. Really couldn't find anybody else. I guess maybe five do-rod double, uh, you know, beat easier last time. I, I I certainly don't see her going to the front and keeping the lead. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe six puff mommy you put at the bottom of the ticket for some kind of price. Had that post nine last time uh, and was three wide, raced pretty well. So maybe she could get the, towards the bottom half. It is super effective wagering, so... I would go, you know, nine maybe on top with two, with uh, two, three, and uh, maybe throw the uh, the five, six, uh, third, or fourth. Also, have to throw the one in there too all the time at Northfield. Yeah, yeah, that, that, you know, that sounds like a pretty good super effective. The one horse though that I really don't like here, the Angel. Becky's Gifted Angel has had more than her fair share of chances. Now, granted, this horse dropped out of the open last time and really didn't do anything from the inside. Picks up Aaron Merriman this week, and the driver change is huge. So I definitely could make a little bit of a difference anyway. Well, certainly. I mean, Aaron, you know, Aaron's been the leading driver there for a long, long time. One, two with uh, with Ronnie Wren and everything. You know, anytime he gets on a horse, I think you certainly have to uh, have to consider. And uh, But on the other side of the token, Mike. 
That yeah. was the final call, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're wagering at home, you better get them in. But uh, yeah, um, sometimes it's 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 obviously good because Aaron wins his fair share of races quite a bit, and other times they could be overbet, and uh, maybe that's the case here with the two, Mike. I agree, and I'm hoping now six to one is great value on Wild Dream, but I'm hoping I'm hoping that six to one sticks because they love to bet Ronnie Wren Jr. here. So. Uh, the gate is moving, for those of you wagering at home, the gate is moving towards the backstretch. And one thing about the gate here is they uh, they do a great job. Now, I'm seeing that they're still dragging the racetrack, so it looks like we may have just a small delay here uh, as the starting gate got a little bit of a head of the guy dragging the racetrack. And let's see what he's going to do. And he's going to go out. out. They have a gate at the first turn here. I love it. So, uh, Fantastic. The, so, so they're going to the gate, or are we, are we going to sit for a minute? No, it looks like they uh, they gate is on the back stretch. We're about ready. All right, Mike. Well, uh, have a good call and uh, take us away. The fourth at Northfield Park with the one and only Mike Carter. Starter calls for the Pacers for race number four here at Northfield Park. Four to five on the three, a sham of Amber. Two to one on Becky's gift and angel. 7-1 on the 9, Wild Dream. We'll start from the second tier. And the gate is rolling. Boy, we even get the echo effect, too. It's beautiful. Fields making their way around the turn. Working hard to catch the gate is the 5. Do rock up all. Condition pacers are at the top of the stretch. Picking up speed. Here they come. Do Rod Double is not going to catch the gate before the start. Put off. That is insane. That's Sham of Amber. Away from the lead. Wintermere Nazi. Got away well from the inside. Got her by Junior. And Becky's gifted angel will take back into the pocket spot as they race around the turn. Wild Dream settles into fourth. About four and a half lights off the lead. And then comes K. Lee's future. As they head up the back stretch, it's Windermere Maggie for the lead. On the outside is a Sham of Amber who is now challenging for Ronnie Red. And a Sham of Amber goes right to the lead. A length and a half the better. Oh, uh, Becky's gifted angel now in third to an opening quarter of 28 and one. Two lights back two. Wild Dream in fourth. Fifth on the inside is Achilles Future. From there, tipping to the outside is Dura Double after the slow beginning. Puff Mommy is next. It's two back two. Rock Fatigue. And the trailer is N.A. Judy. By the chance they come for the first time. And it's a sham of Amber, who has the lead violence and a half, rolling up on the outside now. Here comes back to Gifted Angel, to a half of 57-2. Windermere Maggie now caught along the pylons at the pocket, and a third, about three lengths off the lead. Then comes the Wild Dream, who has had a perfect trip from in fourth. The length and a half back to Kaylee's future. On the outside is Dura Double. Then following that one is Puff Mommy, a gap of four. Two rock repeats, and the trailer is F.A. Duty. They go past the three-quarter marker. One, 45 and one. They stepped on the gas on the front end. On the outside is Becky's gifted angel. On the inside is a sham of Amber. What to do for Windermere Maggie? Wild Dream is yet yet advancing. As they come to the top of the stretch through the final eighth of a mile, it's a sham of Amber with the lead. On the outside is Becky's gifted angel. Windermere Mackey is trying as well. Final 16 for Shamba Amber with the lead. Becky's gifted angel. Becky's gifted angel to get up to win. A Shamba Amber was second. Then came Windermere Mackey and Wild Dream and one fifth four and two. Well, there you go, Mike. Yep, two Becky's gifted angel. Sounds like uh, she got the better of a Shamba Amber in the final strides. She did. It, well, you know, it was definitely a fun and action-packed race, but uh, I'll tell you what, Merriman really moved up and got the lead there at the wire. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we say, when Aaron Merriman gets on a horse, it's definitely cause, uh, you know, for a double for a double look. And, uh, you know, Sham of Amber, Ronnie Wren Jr., you know, when you're wagering Northfield, you just have to include Aaron Merriman and Ronnie Wren Jr. in, in all of your wages. Of course, they're going to be, uh, you know, favorites a lot of the time, but but certainly have to give them a lot of consideration. Try to find a long shot to go with them. Nine wild dreams. She just didn't have it tonight. Finished fourth. 
one actually finished third, so we'll have to see what uh, the inside trifecta is going to pay there, two, three, one. Uh, and usually if you're inside of the half-mile track and you've got a couple of favorites in there, uh, that's uh, probably not going to pay all that well. However, they do pay well at Northfield Park, so we'll have to see what happens. That they do. Well, Mike, uh, we're coming up on about 7.24. We've got Emily Gaskin coming up after the break. Uh, you want to take us to commercial? Do you have the studio up? Uh, let me see here. This is, uh, once again, Test Show Radio. We still have the P tag on, don't we, Mike? I do. I have yep. it. Now, I do, I do have it up. So if you want to go ahead and play the uh, commercial, let's go to break. All right. We'll go to break. When we come back, uh, we should have Emily Gaskin joining us. And uh, we'll talk some Breeders' Crowd. We'll talk some Freaky Feet. Pete, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike on blogtalkradio.com. It takes them every ounce of energy to get out of bed. They struggle to the mirror and comb their hair, what's left of it. But when the race is on, it's on. Mike and Mike, Mike Bozich back here, Mike Carter in the booth at Northfield Park. Uh, just got done with the uh, fourth race over there. The fifth race will be coming up in a few minutes. Mike, do you have some prices for us? Well, Mike must be uh, at his duty doing what he gets paid to do. Either that or I knocked him off the air. <laughs> well, he's done that to me, to me a couple of times, so. We'll have to see what happens. We may never hear from Mike Carter again. Anyway, the uh, fifth race in Northfield Park is coming. Mike, are you there? Yeah, I'm here now. I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, fantastic. Well, well, listen, I thought I had knocked you off, but I actually muted you, so I am getting to learn how to run this thing. Can you believe that? Wow, that's pretty awesome. That is that is pretty – it's pretty hard to believe. Mike, you could admit it. It's pretty hard to believe. But uh, we're getting there. So we'll only have to we'll only have to do the test show now for the next uh, three or four years before before I get it anyway. You got it like the first half hour because you know you're you're technologically gifted like that. That's right. Now uh, before uh, before Emily Gaskin comes on, I want to go ahead and play this. Uh, we we we're going to talk a little bit uh, freaky CP versus Wiggle It Jiggle It. And Mike, uh, this was the race the other night in Indiana, correct? That is uh, correct, where Frankie Feet Pete uh, gets his revenge, or I should say got his revenge, on Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Wiggle It, Jiggle It, Freaky Feet Pete to the outside, and the battle is on as they come to the eighth pole. It's Wiggle It, Jiggle It, Freaky Feet Pete to the outside, a surging Freaky Feet Pete, Wiggle It, Jiggle It to the inside, Pete has the Wiggle it, jiggle it, they come to the wire, it's Freaky Feet Pete to win in an improbable mile here, 150 and 1. Well, there you go, Mike, the call by Steve Cross, uh, Freaky Feet Pete getting the job done, and uh, for the the reward... Uh, the Reinheimers get to pluck down $62,000 and send them to the big dance up in Canada. And uh, that's going to be coming up tomorrow. We're going to be joined here by Emily Gaskin in just a few moments. And she's she's at Hoosier Park, Mike. And uh, she's going to talk a little bit about Freaky Feet Pete, who has not had a start outside of the uh, Hoosier State. I, I will say that that is true. However, 
a big thing to note is that this horse has faced good company. I mean, he's faced Wakazashi head over, he's faced Wiggly Jiglet, he's faced, um, now the name is going to slip my mind, uh, goodness, the horse that runs second to Wiggly Jiglet in the breeder, I mean, in the little brown jug. I can't think Hold of the name, Brian Brown horse. The Brian Brown looking, horse. I can't think of it. Look, looking, o- lo- looking over the pro- – well, you know, that, that that don't surprise you. I mean, you're technologically gifted, but sometimes your memory goes astray a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. But, 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 your point, but your point is good, though, Mike. Your point is good. The lost fact is, words. is that he has faced – he had lost for words. There you go. You're at a loss for words. Perfect. <laughs> that, but, that's uh, lost for words. Th- there you are. But, you know, like you say, he has faced some fantastic competition. It's not like, uh, you know, he's uh, he hasn't been facing anybody. And but but it's still I mean you're still leaving the state and you know like uh, like Kimberly Russ said the other day in our second test show a couple of days ago you know um, Freaky Feet Pete is kind of like a, a little bit of a hometown hero so to speak and uh, you know I mean just a fantastic fantastic story and uh, Wiggle the Jiggle it has obviously been good so it's a, certainly a big thing no matter whose home turf it is it's a big thing if you could beat a horse that just won the little brown jug. Definitely. And, uh, Mike, we've got Emily Gaskin with us. Emily Gaskin is live from Boucher Park, where Freaky Feet Pete is dominated a lot here this season. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me this evening. Emily, let's uh, – let's before we uh, start talking about the Breeders' Crown, which, uh, of course, Freaky Feet Pete will be in action in the first of uh, two divisions for the three-year-old Colton Buildings uh, tomorrow – at uh, Woodbine. Take us through that race with the Wiggle and Jiggle. As a matter of fact, no, scratch that. Take us to the races leading up to that. Freaky Feet Pete, watching this horse grow, watching this horse race every week. When did you know that this horse was something special? Well, you know, I have to be honest. Uh, at, at two, this horse uh, obviously made 260000 just beat one time in his career. And, you know, I, I have to be real honest when I say the first couple times I watched him race, I thought, wow, this is a nice horse. But, you know, it wasn't until halfway through his two-year-old campaign where he just continued to dominate that I really, really kind of started to take notice of the horse. And uh, I think maybe the most interesting part about the horse is that you look at him, he's not anything to write home about. He doesn't cover the ground significantly you know any different than any other horse I've seen and you know he just does everything so correctly so when I first started watching him race you know I feel like I'm I'm pretty critical and and I I felt that I was with him but he just continued to impress me each and every time out and like I said he just did it so effortlessly and, and so flawlessly he just doesn't look like a horse that should be able to pace the kind of speed that he paces and and like I said so effortlessly so you know at two he really really made a name for himself and it was something you know that we were really excited about but as you know he he stayed in indiana and it's easy to get high on a horse when they stay in the stakes program and you know they dominate at a level at which he did but you know like i said watching him and watching other horses other two-year-olds it was just it was obvious to see how much better he was than the rest of the field so you know, I'd say early on in his two-year-old year, I really started to take a notice, but uh, to see him come back the way that he's come back this year, you know, really speaks highly of the horse as well. Now, now Emily, real quick, you, the trip against Wakazashi Hanover, he had a perfect trip, and, of course, Wakazashi defeated him just like he beat Wiglet Jiglet in the uh, Pepsi North America Cup. What? Not to say there's anything wrong. That's not really what I want to say, but... Did, he had a good mile. Was, was there anything that you noticed that maybe he could have done differently, maybe Trace Teacher could have done differently, or was it just an all-out race like he always puts out? Well, you know, I think the horse, I mean, you going going back to the horse's loss, sometimes, you know, I think this horse even looks wonderful in defeat. When he finished second to Wiggle It, Jiggle It, that really kind of opened my eyes uh, to the horse, and, and that was just a monumental mile for him. As far as the race against Wakazashi, I really, really thought that he would race a little better, you know, and like you said, you don't want to uh, cast uh, cast a shadow on the way that he raced, but I think, you know, he had to use, he had to use him pretty hard out of post position number nine. He left pretty aggressively, and like you said, Wakazashi having having the reverse trip uh, or having the best trip and Tim Teacher said it in the winter circle you know you flip the trips and you know the, the story could have been different and I just I, I keep going back to the fact that the horse has been so good in Indiana it's hard to say does he race better on the front does he race better off a helmet he's just been so good racing against Indiana Cyrus Stakes horses it's hard to tell 
which way he races better because he races so good any any way he races. So when he stepped up against Wakazashi Hanover, you know, it was tough to say, did the horse just not race as good or is he just better off a helmet? I, I know t- uh, Tim Tietrich has said Wakazashi is way better off of a racing off of a helmet. And, you know, I don't think that uh, Trace Tietrich's really had the opportunity to find out, you know, what Freaky Feet Pete races best because he's been so good. Question for you, Emily, is as far as the Indiana Stakes program is concerned, we know since the infusion of slots a few years back, obviously with the infusion of new money, uh, the program has improved and improved and improved. Talk about your feelings on the stock that Freaky Feet Pete is seeing um, as far as who he's been beating. I mean, obviously, if you look down the lines, these are crushing wins by nine, by five, by nine, by eight, by three, by six. Would you consider this a a, a solid stock this year in a three-year-old as far as Indiana goes? Yeah, you know, it's kind of tough uh, to say that. I mean, obviously, you talk about the slots program, and, and I don't think you can say enough about where the Indiana breeding program has come from, uh, you know, from where it was to where it is now. You know, the last couple of years, for the first time ever, Indiana's had horses that have gone on and, you know, made a name for themselves on the national scene, Colors of Virgin, Always Be Mickey, and the like. So, you know, I, I, it's safe to say that the Indiana program and the breeding program has really stepped up. But, you know, to talk about the horses that Freaky Feet Pete is racing – I've said it time and time again, you know, it, it would be a terrible year to have a three-year-old facing colt this year. And, and that's, uh, you know, these, the, he's racing nice colts, but, you know, getting your head uh, kind of caved in every week, I'm sure, can take it, take its toll. Uh, you take Freaky Feet Pete out of the scenario, and I think you have a very competitive group of three-year-old pacing colts. It just so happens that I think this horse is heads above the rest of them. And, you know, they're pacing miles in 50, 51 every week, and, and that's about the type of speed that we've seen with the three-year-old Pacing goals. Of course, Always Be Mickey was a little bit of an outlier last year, pacing in 48 and change. But, you know, uh, as far as the three-year-old pacing goals this year, I don't know is that it's the best crop of three-year-olds we've ever seen, but uh, I think it's a very decent crop and a very good crop. Uh, I just think, like I said, they've all kind of taken their turns getting beat by Freaky Feet Pete, and that certainly has to, you know, play a, play a toll or play a factor in, in a long stake season. I know Mike was doing a post-parade. Mike, are you back yet or no? Nope, Mike's still doing the post parade. Live from the booth, Emily's at Northfield Park. This is fantastic. He's actually giving That's us awesome. a call, too. It's really, it's really cool. Uh, Larry Reinheimer plunked down the 62.5 because he had the supplement Freaky Feet Pete into the uh, Breeders' Crown. Do you think that is something that he, did, that he was going to do, or did the win against Wiggle It Jiggle It convince him to do it, or was his mind made up before? Well, you know, I, I, I uh, heard him say, I read, I guess, somewhere after that, that no matter how he finished against a Wiggle It Jiggle It, they were planning on going. But I have to believe that uh, that went against Wiggle It Jiggle It certainly solidified it or gave them the go-ahead to go ahead and cash the check. But, you know, it's something that has been on their radar since the beginning of the season. I talked to Larry earlier uh, in February, you know, just seeing how the horse was training down and so on and so forth. And it's, and it's something that has always been on their radar radar and you know he's taken a lot of flack for staying in the state of indiana and i don't really think that uh you know that's maybe as fair as, as some people say you know these horse these uh reinheimers believe that this horse is a gift and you know there's money on the table here in the state of indiana and you know you're, you don't have to take your horse all over the country and race him hard like some of these other horses have have done and you know for them to pay the supplement to the breeder's crown i think maybe that was the long-term goal we'll stay here in the state of indiana we'll race our horse in the races and we'll take care of him and and he'll tell us when the time comes around if he's ready to go to the breeder's crown and i think they kind of had their sights set on that goal rather than taking him to you know all these other races as many horse people know you know peaking a horse of this caliber can sometimes be really difficult so to stake a horse at the beginning of the season and say these are the races we'd like to hit that that's easy to do but obviously you know dealing with sickness and 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 uh, a lot of other a lot of other factors you know sometimes that's not that's a lot easier said than done so i think as far as their staking you know they they their mindset was that we'll stay here in the state of indiana and we'll we'll get the money that's on the table and and if the horse tells us that he's ready to go and face a bigger test then that's what we'll do and and i think that's uh, the breeders crown has always been the ultimate goal for that 
Hey, Emily, there's, you know, one thing I've noticed about Freaky Feet Pete versus maybe some of the other big horses on the Sire Stakes program is that some of the bigger names have come to him. And I, I really think that that would be a little bit of an advantage to him, uh, so to speak. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, like you said, they, they're coming here, and it's kind of a home home court advantage, if you will. Uh, but, you know, and Hoosier Park can be a, a tough track to acclimate to, especially with the long stretch and, and the turns and so on and so forth. So I, I think it's tough for any horse to come into Hoosier Park and, and uh, you know, race uh, – all out on, in their first start, so you know for these guys to come uh, to come and race him, I you know I think that that speaks highly of not only them but uh, the level of uh, Freaky Feet Pete as well. Emily Gaskin no, uh, joining real- us from Hoosier Park. Uh, go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask Emily. Emily, uh, let's uh, we've looked at the past. I think it's time to look ahead to the future. Uh, That's right. How do you how, how do you think he does? I, you know, I I have all the confidence in the world in this horse. Uh, like I said, I, I've watched him race here, and and he's a horse I've watched all season long. And and I'm probably his biggest critic because you know I I'm one of those people that that hear all these people saying you know he can't be the best three-year-old pacing colt. He's only raced in Indiana and and so on and so forth. So you know I see both sides uh, of the story, and so I feel like uh, I have tried to approach this horse with with kind of a uh, unbiased eye if you will and and he just again continues to impress me and I've never seen a horse go the type of trips that he goes and goes the miles that he goes so effortlessly and you know I'm I'm sure everybody knows that you know Hoosier Park is is not necessarily a speed favoring track. Uh, we've seen horses come out here in the Dan Patch and so on and so forth. They're pacing 48 miles out at the Meadowlands and and they're going in 50 here. Um, so for him to have a mark of 148 and two at Hoosier Park, I think that speaks very highly of him. I think he'll get over the woodbine surface very well. I think uh, you know he drew into a nice field, and he's a very versatile horse. I think if you talk to Trace Tietrich, that's one of the things you know that he'll tell you that makes this horse such a good horse is that he could be a little hot at two, but for some reason at three he's just really settled down. He's allowed Trace to rate him. Uh, if you look at his past lines, a couple starts back, Trace really really scared me he had post position number seven let the horse get away six and and just looked buried at the top of the stretch and uh for whatever reason the red seas parted and here comes freaky feet p pacing the last quarter and 26 flat so you know the horse just has that desire to win and, and he's very versatile and i think that plays nicely into teacher's hand and i don't think you'll find a guy that's any more confident in his horse than than trace teacher and freaky feet Pete. Emily, you're in Indiana. I'm from Indiana, born and in, born and bred actually in Gary, Indiana, which some people consider Illinois anyway. But right, but, right. <laughs> but uh, are we going to win this thing? I, you know, I I really hope so. I really do. I'm I'm pulling for this horse more than I than I pulled for any horse. And uh, you know, I just think with the right trip, I think this horse deserves a shot. Deserves a shot to show, you know, these people, the naysayers, if you will, that uh, he can he can compete on that level and, and whether they want to say he's, uh, you know, been lightly raced all season long or not, uh, you know, I think the the evidence will speak for himself uh, as, as far as, and that's what this horse has done. Each time he races, you know, you say what you will, but uh, he leaves it all on the track. And I think with the right trip and, and a good post position, this horse can certainly give the, the best horses, whichever horses make the final, uh, a big run for his money. Well, Emily, here's how we're going to let you go, because this is my favorite subject when it comes to harness racing, is crowds. And from everything that I've read, um, you know, turning back to that Wiggle It, Jiggle It race, it sounded to me like there was a nice crowd on hand reading, rooting the hometown favorite home. Was that indeed the case? It, you know, I've been to the Little Brown Jug. I've been to a lot of different races. And to see, to hear the crowd, and I told somebody this the other day, I wish I could have captured that sound on, on a sound bit so I could replay it because it was unlike anything I, I had heard in a long time. And uh, I was upstairs handicapping the race. I had a chance to walk down to the winner's circle and to see the people lined up at the fence. And, you know, of course, we had a, a lot of great racing that night. But, uh, you know, that was the race they came to see. And it was just unbelievable uh, coming down the stretch to watch that horse uh, to do what he did, you know, against Wiggle It, Jiggle It, take nothing away from him. But uh, it certainly was something to see. And I think that people really responded to that. Emily, cheap plug, uh, plug time. Talk about Hoosier Park. How, how long have we got left in the meet? Well, we, uh, we're going through November 14th. And uh, so we've got about 24 more days, I think, of live racing. 
Uh, so we're just, uh, you know, under a month. And But we've got some great racing left. Uh, the Grand Circuit comes back and next weekend, October 23rd and 24th. We host the Circle City and the Madison County Stakes for the two- and three-year-olds. And then on the 30th, there should be a pretty big night of racing. And we've got uh, the Carl Erskine Trot for three-year-old trotting colts and geldings. We've got the Monument Circle. Uh, that is obviously the race Wiggle It Jiggle It will be pointed to for the three-year-old pacing colts. And then we've got the Hoosier Park Pacing Derby. Well, we saw horses, you know, like Better's Edge, Sweet Lou, foiled again, racing that race last year. And uh, so I expect that to be a great race as well. And uh, although we're kind of winding down as far as racing dates are concerned, I think we've still got a lot of great racing left to look forward to. Emily Gaskin from Hoosier Park. Emily, we certainly appreciate you joining us on Post Hunt. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All and right. don't freaky feet, Pete. <laughs> that was Emily Gaskin from Hoosier Park. And uh, obviously, there's uh, Freaky Feet Pete has got a lot of fans. There's no question about it. Let's let's check in on Mike Carter. I'm going to try to unmute him here. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. Hold on. Be quiet. Let's see. Hey, Mike, you got it to work. He's there. I had you, I had you muted. Fantastic. Listen, <laughs> uh, the horse is coming back to the winter circle. Give me a second. Okay, fantastic. Well, he's going to do the Winter Circle presentation now, so actually that was good timing. But uh, Emily Gaskin joining us, and uh, we still have uh, about 15 minutes left on uh, our uh, third test show. And uh, when we come back, um, we're going to uh, go ahead and go over the rest of the Breeders' Crown and uh, maybe talk about uh, what just uh, occurred at Northfield Park. I actually handicapped that race, uh, the uh, fifth race. And uh, I actually liked uh, number one shark mate. I have no idea who won, uh, so I'm not past posting. Uh, Mike, you still in the winner's circle presentation? Yeah, Mike's still in the winner's circle presentation. I liked one, two, nine, by the way, in that particular race. I didn't have a chance to handicap because we were uh, talking to Emily. But uh, shark made off that four-length win last time. It was uh, the Friday night light series uh, in that particular event, a $5,500 purse. Uh, second length, third division, and it really looked like a tourist race uh, to me in there between one and two, but uh, I promise I don't know the results. And I probably would still get it wrong even if I looked at it after the race. And Carter's still busy. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get Michael Carter back on the show as he's uh, wrapping up the proceedings for Race 5 at Northfield. When we come back, we'll uh, kind of wrap up our show. We'll talk about the uh, rest of the Breeders' Crown. Don't forget, we've got our big show coming up next Saturday. We've also got one coming up next Thursday. So it'll be a busy weekend as the uh, Breeders' Crown uh, is uh, getting ready to rock and roll at beautiful Woodbine. So uh, when we come back, We'll uh, conclude this thing. Stay with us. Still some left on Post Time with Mike and Mike. It takes them every ounce of energy to get out of bed. They struggle to the mirror and comb their hair. What's left of it? But when the race is on, it's on. The Dallas in between horses. Jettison gets to the lead, and Jettison will take the Niatron. Go to the finish, McWicked, by as much as he pleases. The Dallas with 100 yards to go. The Dallas and driver Drew Monty win the Niatron's final. Draws away as they come down to the finish. Pinkman, a go-away winner. That's Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time, with Mike Bozich and Mike Carter, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com. We're back, Mr. Carter. We are back. And listen, for those of you just joining us, I've got to give Mike Bosich some props. He's learning how to use the studio here. I, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Can, can you believe it? I, I, I just, you know, I, I didn't take you off mute for about a half hour, but other than that, uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> listen, right. listen, be before, before we, before, listen, before we get to the Breeders' Crown, I was just telling the listeners while you were doing your Winter Circle uh, presentations. By the way, for those of you just joining us, Carter's up in the booth at Northfield calling the action tonight. Uh, one two two one is what I had all day in that fifth at Northfield. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was one two two one. It finished one two. With a sprinkle of the nine, did the nine get third? 
no, the eight got there. The eight was okay. flying, or the eight, uh, the eight held on. He uh, put in a huge mile. Yeah, well, okay, so uh, one, two, two, one, that's that's what it kind of looked like, but, uh, well, we better hustle. We've got about 10 minutes left on this show. We better get to this Breeders' Crown, Mike. Yeah, we better, um, I'm flipping to Woodbine on my television up here, and uh, race two is actually getting ready to go off, so let's uh, let's head out to Woodbine. Ken Middleton with the live call, the Breeders' Crown elimination for two-year-old Philly Pacers. First elimination, they're off and pacing speed from the center and the outside of the gate. Colony Queen B fires, as does Keystone Paula, sizing them up from the outside. Soft idea, and Teacher backs in behind the pair. As rushing out to grab the lead is Colony Queen B to the pocket spot as Keystone Paula dropped in third. Soft idea, fourth inside to Blue Moon Stripe, racing up with the primitive fifth is Skinny Dipper, and a gap of three lengths back to Rock Me Baby. Last away, Yankee Moonshine. Over to the quarter pole, 27 flat. Colony Queen B leads the way. Second, Keystone Paula. Sitting in third was Soft Idea, but T-Trick is on the move out of third. Into second comes Soft Idea, and it's a backstretch acceleration for Soft Idea. The American Ideal Philly works their way to the front. Back into second under a hold now goes Colby Queen B. Just off the seat is Keystone Paula third. Fourth inside the Blue Moon stride, and here she comes outside as McCarthy right lines that rock and roll Hanover Philly out of fourth. Picking the cover, Skinny Dipper from his fifth now. Still gapped out two lengths and sixth is Rock Me Baby. And last is Yankee Moonshine. Half up in 56 and two. Here's Blue Moon Stride to rocket her way to the front now for McCarthy going into the turn. Back into second goes Soft Idea. Skinny Dipper left to fend for herself. She's a first over third, but still gaining. Zero on tips out and catches the cover as Call Me Queen Bees back up on the move again from the fourth. Fifth inside Keystone Paula Campbell's Philly continues to struggle back there. Rock Me Baby there. Sixth on the outside, but headed nowhere. In at the rail, seventh is Yankee Moonshine, three quarters in 124, and they come off the turn and into the stretch. And it's Blue Moon Stride still there. Skinny Dipper first over. Soft idea locked in the box. Here's Colney Queen B circling up on the far outside. Big finish coming up now. Four wide. Dietrich Scott room at the rails for Soft idea. Zero charging up. Hold the phone for ship ride. Yankee Moonshine is cooking up a storm. Yankee Moonshine circles up to win. It was Yankee Moonshine who exploded when she saw daylight. 153 and 4. What a, what a finish, Mike. I'll tell you what, this division of the Breeders' Crown next week is going to be fun. And I don't know that the big favorite got in. Who, fin- who finished second? Um, the seven, I believe. I think okay, maybe seven. it was either the seven or the five. But I t- with well, Mike, the one horse I'm worried about is the three horse. I don't think Rock Me Baby got in. Well, I that was a. Think- and 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 what did she ended up? And when did she end up going off? Uh, good question. I have to. I'm waiting on Woodbine signal to come back. She went off at three to one. Let's wow. see. She is going to finish. Let's see where she's going to finish here. It's going to finish six, five, seven, two, one. Rock me, baby. Oh. Does not advance to the Breeders' Crown if it's just the top five. Oh my! So Yankee Moonshine. I mean, this is now this horse finished second to Pure Country, the undefeated Pure Country last time out, and uh, was just one of those horses that kept sharing. Second to Call Me Queen Bee, second to Pure Country. Was here at Harris Philadelphia. Actually had the lead the whole way in the Liberty Bell. You know the the uh, endless Liberty Bell and lost to uh, Newborn Sassy and Skinny Dipper, the one who sounded like she made it into the uh, finals as well. But no Rock Me Baby. Well. I'll tell you what, Mike, the horse that really impressed me that I didn't really like all that much, but you loved, was Soft Idea. Soft Idea put in a huge effort, got locked in, excuse me, got locked in for T-Trick. I'll tell you what, this could be a really big play horse uh, next week. But Jingra, Jingra finally shook loose at the head of the lane with about an eighth of a mile to go. If he doesn't shake loose, you've got to think the uh, Soft Idea has got a shot. So did uh, the five Call Me Queen Bee. This was, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun race to watch next week. Yeah, it sure is. And then you're going to throw in, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, pure country. And, uh, you know, that's a, a great elimination too. But once again, you know, the the race is kind of without the, the horse that would probably be dominant in here, L.A. Delight, because she simply wasn't eligible to the, the uh, Breeders' Crown. I read an article uh, with Bob McIntosh the other day talking about the L.A. Delight and certainly didn't expect her to go on the tear that she did, beat many, many of these horses. Um, but uh, tell you what, kudos to Yankee Moonshine. She got free, and uh, she's uh, she's headed to the big dance next week, along with Soft Idea, Call Me Queen Bee, Skinny Dipper, and Blue Moon Stride, five very good horses, Mike.
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, uh, we're coming down to the last few minutes of the show. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Breeders' Crown, but unfortunately, uh, it all think their gears a little bit. Uh, Thursday is our first actual show, uh, and our grand opening show is the Breeders' Crown show next Saturday, and that will be a two-hour show. And, uh, Mike, I, with the post times, I believe TSN, which is the TV station in Canada, is covering it from 9 to 10. So I'm going to say probably we're going to come on between 8 and 10. But we will uh, we will definitely keep everybody updated as to what time we'll be coming on next Saturday. TBA to be announced. Now, for Thursday, the big question that everybody's asking me is the test show tag coming off for Thursday. Is it a test show? You know what? I think I think we should. Why not? Yeah, I think oh my go goodness! And, well, well, are you are you serious? <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe we'll do one more on Monday or Tuesday. Who knows? But uh, yeah. we we may do another test show uh, Monday or Tuesday. But I'll tell you what: we may have. Who knows? We may have to do two test shows to cover every Breeders' Crown race. Uh, but next Thursday we will have Garnett Barnsdale on. He is the DRS Harness WEG reporter. And he will be joining us to give us some insight to the track. I know a lot of people may or may not know Woodbine, but we really want to reach out to the new people, new betters, and things of that sort. Things of that sort, and that, that's our key focus. Mike is the new better, and what better way to do that than to explain to them how the track is played? Well, Garnett is uh, certainly very versed. As, is that is his own base, Canada, and he's watched and uh, wagered on many, many, many races from Woodbine and Mohawk and Flamborough. So he really knows the ins and outs of that particular racetrack. And uh, you know, if if anybody, for those of you that haven't been to Woodbine, it's a very interesting setup because you have the turf track actually on the outside, and then my yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy, but uh, we're getting ready to come on the track. So for those of you who I don't get to talk to after this post-parade, I apologize. We'll see. I'll see you on our next test show or our next live show, but uh, Mike will take you out to uh, finish up the show. All right. Fantastic, Mike. We'll talk to you Thursday, buddy. Thanks, buddy. All right. There he goes, Mike, going on to his uh... – duties at Northfield Park, and uh, there's still a couple minutes left in this show, so if you have a chance to catch Mike at Northfield Park for the remainder of the card, do so. And, uh, yeah, you know, for those who haven't been to Woodbine, the turf track is actually on the outside. Then you have the thoroughbred track. Then you have the uh, seven-eighths um, harness track on the inside of, of that. And, it, you know, from my opinion anyway, it seems like Woodbine has some pretty tight turns. So we're going to talk to Garnet Barnsdale. He's going to uh, break it down for us. Uh, as far as uh, the racetrack is concerned. But uh, Breeders' Crown eliminations uh, continue tonight at uh, Woodbine. For those of you that uh, maybe still want to get out and about or for wagering at at, um, at home, still a two-year-old Breeders' Crown elimination races tonight. And then uh, tomorrow, the three-year-old eliminations as well as the uh, open eliminations. Also, we talked about Freaky Feet Pete. He will be in action tomorrow uh, at uh, Woodbine as well as uh, the open horses. Uh, which is, uh, you know, certainly uh, always a sight to see. I mean, you've got the the great foiled again, trying to reclaim his form, and what grander stage uh, would he would he have to do than that? You've got uh, Mick Wicked also trying to regain his form. You got J.K. and air off of a couple of straight wins. Uh, Shambhala will be involved in there as well. That's actually the horse I like. But uh, you've got State Treasurer after that seventh place finish in the All Ridge, uh, getting tired after getting beat up early. He's going to be in that second division, of course. Always be Mickey. We talked about the Indiana. Uh, bread program. Here's a great one. Always be Mickey as well. So just uh, lots and lots of excitement uh, coming up over the next uh, week, a uh, couple of weeks in the harness racing. And we're going to be here to cover it on the post time with Mike and Mike. Mike, are you back? Yeah. Yeah. I got through the, Oh my goodness. But, uh, I'm being yelled at. We got, it says we got 90 seconds, but uh, the stream on, on the studio, if I'm looking at it right, does it still say two minutes, 40 seconds? Uh, actually, I got 16, 15, 14. I'm doing the countdown here. So uh, so the the lady that's talking to me on the phone is uh, saying 60 seconds. So for, uh, well, I for think we should go with her. Like... We should take her word for it. So so she's yelling at you, and then you've got them coming to the gate. So basically you've got everybody yelling at you. That, that, that's right. So, uh, Mike, well, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate everything you do, and uh, we thank everybody for listening to us tonight. And, uh, We'll be back on either Tuesday or Thursday. We're going to let you know. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. We'll keep you up to date on social media. Good night, everybody.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.